When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of On the Turnbuckle on mypodcasthouse.com or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell you're listening to it. Very good, eh? Well, she here. I'm joined by Lyle in the studio. Yeah, how you going, mate? Doing well. Two weeks in a row, you're doing the intro. Tony, uh, I think still it's, away. we're better off that way. Good. I didn't call. I didn't call. I didn't mispronounce Stitcher. Snitcher, I think he calls it. Um, yep. He's been mispronouncing everything on his little. Podcast he's on, but we've got a, another guest co-host replacing Tony. Yep, with yep. an equally pleasant voice to listen to. <laughs> uh, the star of WrestleBrainia. Oh, I don't know about the star, but thank you. <laughs> the host don't of WrestleBrainia, the the brains behind WrestleBrainia. Yep, Jeff. Thank you, thank you, Welty. Hi, Lyle. Hi, Welty. Hope you guys are both well. I can't complain. No one listens. Are you complaining? He does. He complains a lot, but. We don't listen. That was the music of Rhea Ripley that brought us in. I'm got no idea why. Yeah. Oh yeah. She, <laughs> she do anything on the weekend? Nothing. Much. Nothing. Okay. Had a Nothing bit of a lion and a cup of tea. I hear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last week's episode got a really good download. So thanks for that, everybody. Amazing interview with Charlie Evans. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks to MCW for giving us the hook up there. Really, really fun. Uh, yeah. You could tell she was having fun at the same time, even though her luggage wasn't there and, um, you know, led into a really good death match as well, which she was super excited for. So, yeah. The Can girls we... in Australia are so excited for deathmatch wrestling. I'm, I'd be petrified. <laughs> I'm in there with you, mate. I'd, I'd be scared out of my wits, but they, they embrace it all. And the match, you're right, the match with Avery was an absolute pearl of that day. And we're joined on the line by... Erica Reed, the Dreamtime Voodoo Witch. Erica, welcome to On the Turnbuckle. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, what people don't know is we've actually had you before, but I messed up the recording and <laughs> never went to air. So is it, does this count as the oh, third yeah. interview? Because that night we recorded it twice. It's two and a half. We didn't record it both times. So we've got, mobile, right. oh we've got mobile phones on the desk this time. We're uh, backing ourselves up. No, no, I can see oh, it. I can see it working. It's it's fine. I'm, I'm better now. Um, <laughs> I'm cursed with technology. I'm like terrible at technology. Terrible. Um, what we'll start with, we'll start with um, <clears throat> Warzone Wrestling because they've kindly set this up for us, and we thank Warzone for that. You, um, yeah, you, thank you, Uncle Pipple. <laughs> you um won the championship on the first night at Warzone. I did. I won it on my debut, like a year ago, um, against Vixen, their biggest monster. And um, what's, what was it like uh, being in front of a crowd that you haven't wrestled in front of 
and title match, not expected to win because um, no one wins the title on their first night. <laughs> what was that like, um, connecting with a new crowd and then and then getting the big victory? Um, pretty cool, to be honest. Um, I I had a lot of like I had a lot of fun. I always like going to new crowds because it's always interesting to see how they um, accept me in a way. Um, it's a little like sometimes it's like mixed between anxiety and excited, some anxious to see how they'll um, accept me, but also excited because I like meeting new people. Um, But wrestling and debuting at Warzone and winning the title the first night I was there was pretty um, pretty happy with myself, pretty proud of my efforts. Um, But I'm just pretty also proud of my efforts also because I've kept the title for a year now. So it's a... It's a cool achievement. <laughs> Who are some of the people you've uh, defended the title against? Um, I have defended it against Vixen. I have defended against defending it against Savannah Summers. I have wrestled Avery. I have wrestled. I remember who else. <laughs> you just it's been beat, a long it doesn't time. matter who it is, you just beat them. You just yeah, beat everybody. It's been a long time, but a lot of the um, local scene in Melbourne. Great. And Savannah Summers is coming up this weekend. Have you wrestled Savannah before? Yes, I have wrestled her once before. Um, and I won. So I'm confident for this weekend as well because I've already won. I've already beaten her. So why can't I do it again? I think the um, with with uh, shows like Warzone and Showdown Wrestling, I think you really get to involve the kids in your in your act. I know my kids yeah. absolutely love you. Every time after the show, they're <laughs> looking to get photos and hold the the rats and stuff like that. Is it a little bit of uh, a, a positive on these these kind of family friendly shows, getting there in front of the kids like that? Yeah, no, I do love it. I do. Um, I like when I meet the kids and they get excited and they're happy to see Pixie and they're happy to see me and just kind of, it's like bonding with them in a weird way. Like you get to have that interaction and they look up to you. And that's a really cool feeling because like one of the reasons why I started wrestling was I loved wrestling and I always watched wrestling, but I, never saw an Indigenous woman wrestling. So I was like, why don't I do that? And seeing how kids accept me, how kids, like I've had a lot, especially at Warzone actually, I've had a lot of Indigenous kids come up to me and say, hey, I'm from this mob. Um, It's really cool to see like an Indigenous person doing this. And that's just awesome. Like that just makes my day. It's just just a really, really cool feeling. That That is absolutely brilliant. Um, where, yeah. Where do you see the Indigenous aspect of Erica Reed sort of culminating and, and, and going? Sorry? Where do you see the Indigenous aspects of Erica progressing, if at all? <laughs> or, are you, or, or are you quite happy with the way you represent Indigenous people at the moment? It's, it's just brilliant. Thank you. Um, I'm not too sure, to be honest, because I am also learning myself. Like, I was 
I didn't get to learn about my culture growing up. So now that I'm an adult, I can learn about whatever I want. So it's still very much a learning experience for me as well, but I'm also proud to represent it and I want to represent it. Um, so as for like character development and stuff, I'm not too sure what's going to happen with Erica and the Indigenous side. Like maybe more will be added once I learn more about my culture or I'm not too sure. But at the moment, I'm very happy with how I represent it. I think I use the warrior aspect of the Indigenous culture, like the war paint and the screams and <laughs> dancing and just having those things, I think, is what makes it look legit, I guess, in a way, like makes it look like a warrior. And that's what I want to come across as because there was a lot of Aboriginal warriors. So I guess that's in a way. It must be a very real and personal thing that you are learning about your own um, ancestry and then sharing it with audiences almost mm -hmm. at the same time in real time. Um, that's a must be an incredible way to connect with both yourself, your heritage, and with the audiences. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's really cool um, because I know for myself, I've had instances like I've had issues in high school where teachers weren't teaching the right thing and weren't saying the right thing. And I already knew a little bit and I was like, even I know that's not right. So I would say something and get in trouble for saying something. So now that I have my own platform where I can talk about whatever issues that I want and represent my people, how they should be represented. It's that's like the most rewarding thing that I get out of wrestling is that because people don't know like enough about the culture and they don't know really much about it and they just go off what they've told and stereotypes and stuff. They don't actually bother to look into it. Um, which to be honest, it happens with a lot of things, not even just culture. People are just ignorant to learn sometimes. Um, but being able to have like, even like at the merch table, I will happily sit and talk to kids or adults or anyone and tell them like stories that I've learned like that week or whatever or talk to them about art because I'm teaching myself how to paint Indigenous art and dot art. So I just like to talk about that because then people are like, oh, okay, and they've heard it firsthand from an Indigenous person. So it's not some crap from the media or anything like that. So that's really cool as well. I get to share that with people. And uh, you got your start in Sydney. What was the reason for coming down to Melbourne at the at the time and you look back that was a, a great decision moving down here with wrestling blossoming as as well as it is best decision I've ever made in my life <laughs> moving to Melbourne I had a very toxic family home situation um, so moving away from that and learning about myself and exploring myself and Chasing a passion of mine without judgment was the most, like, it's the most liberating thing that I've ever done. I'm so glad that I did it because I don't know what I would be doing if I stayed in Sydney. And that's like, that's my own personal life. It wasn't even anything to do with my wrestling career. Um, I was like grateful enough. I got to train with PWA in Sydney. That's where I started and I'll forever thank them for letting me start there. Like, they helped me a lot. But, Moving to Melbourne, it was 
to get more opportunities to wrestle, to learn more about my character and to also for personal reasons. And it just was that missing piece. Like it just makes sense. Like I've grown so much as a human. I've grown so much as a wrestler, as a performer since moving to Melbourne. So I, it's honestly the best thing that I've ever done. And what about the um, the voodoo dolls? I, I personally find them quite captivating and, and a lot of fun. <laughs> is that, is, does that, does that, complement the indigenous culture is that is that part of it is that something you've learned <laughs> the indigenous culture or is that just uh, something you saw and went wow that'll be really fun to do and and you know um sort of build the myth, myth of erica reed <laughs> i um i guess it i kind of just like how do i explain this i kind of made a love child in my brain of all of the things that i like so I was like, why well, don't I just put like magic and witchcraft and like voodoo and my culture and I'm going to smash it all together like Play-Doh and I'm going to see what I can make out of this. And it's kind of just what I've just felt most organic and this is what it's come of, like, I guess. Um, but I think it just works well because there is Indigenous magic. We have healers and like the women are the magical ones actually in in my culture so it kind of just fits well but <clears throat> the voodoo is just something that i know makes people uncomfortable because people don't know much about it and the same with the witchcraft as well like but in saying that the witchcraft is a little bit of me as well because i was raised with like witchcraft in my house so it was something that felt natural and organic again that's something that was familiar that I knew about that I could use to get a reaction out of people, I guess, in a way. But it's myself, like my character is myself, but also what I think role models, like Indigenous kids need as a role model. They just need that weird kid, like Earth is not normal at all <laughs> and I'm not normal. So... Uh, what's normal? Have, Normal's overrated. Exactly. Normal's overrated. Normal is overrated. It totally is. But like, I think people are still uncomfortable with not being not normal. So to have an indigenous, it's not normal woman. It's just I'm proud of it, and I'm happy to be that. And I just I'm I'm excited to see where it goes and how it progresses and stuff. But yeah. Um, speaking of the voodoo making people uncomfortable, am I right <laughs> in thinking that your little brother might have proudly taken one of the voodoo dolls into <laughs> into Christian school? <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yeah, no, he totally did. I gave um, <laughs> my younger brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that story. Yeah, I, I took my, I gave my little brother a voodoo doll of mine and a did and um, he took it into show and tell and pulled it out and said, my sister makes these dolls, they're called voodoo dolls. And the teacher was like, what? And she sells them at wrestling shows. And the teacher was like, what? Like, is your sister a gypsy? Like, what? what, what is this? And they're like, oh, she's a witch. And they were like, what? <laughs> and they like, 
ask my dad about it. They're like, um, excuse me, what's, what's this about? We had voodoo dolls. And my dad was like, oh, God, <laughs> no. And then I got a phone call. What do you think you're doing? What? <laughs> I didn't do anything. He's just oh, very yeah, proud no, of you. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, he's a cool kid. He should have taken but... taken you in next week, the week after <laughs> for show and tell and explain the whole thing. Oh, God, no, that probably wouldn't have ended well. <laughs> oh, come on, going in with the war pain. Yeah, it would have been fine. Nah, the nuns nah, I went to a Catholic school myself. I'm, I've, I've had enough. I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> like, I, I can I, relate. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we saw you uh, at the, the girl show at Evie's Disco Diner last weekend where you wrestled against um, someone who you're quite familiar Aisha. with. Aisha. 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 Aisha, as she was bizarrely called by Orko. <laughs> um, Aisha. <laughs> now, you guys have been in the ring a lot, but I was shocked to find out because you got really good chemistry. That's the first singles match that you've actually had together. Correct. Yes, we've had a lot of um, mixed gender tag matches together, but we haven't had singles together. Was that um was that fun to finally do that um in front of a very different yeah. crowd? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. No, I was very happy to um have her in singles. Yeah, we we like I was excited anyway, but I'm sure she was beat me up and kicked me in the face, like she always does. But she she's cool. Like I like wrestling her. I we've had some cool moments, like jumping off a table, uh, jumping off a ladder onto a table in front of two thousand people was a pretty cool moment. In the main event. Um, yep, yep, that was a that was a really cool moment. So as as much as I dislike RB4K, I um have a little sweet spot for her. She's all right. And what what do those shows uh, mean to? To yourself, are they showcasing some of the best talent in Australia? You know, across all states at the minute. Um, what do they mean to to you guys? Um, it's like I'll be four K. Oh no, sorry, the girl shows. Yeah, yeah there's got to be more oh, the girl clear shows. in what you're talking. Oh. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. No, 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 that's okay. The girl shows. Um, yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, I like I like the girl shows. Um, I think they're cool because it's like unique and for years there was just men's shows that didn't have women and that was cool too but I think it's just cool that we can now have a platform for just women and have a platform where we like share that as well and have intergender like I think that's cool and I think that's right because we can keep up and like it's it's an art but it's a sport competitive and it's a storytelling thing so it's cool to have different dynamics like different gimmicks I guess like it's cool to have hardcore matches it's cool to have intergender matches it's cool to have singles matches tag matches like it's just a different flavor of ice cream now that everyone can enjoy and I think that that's cool but I do enjoy the the girl shows because they're a lot of fun to be on they're just different just a different vibe different energy and different fans so we're reaching the end of 2019 and you've had a bit of a banner year. You've had a great year. As mentioned, you're Warzone champ. Where do, yeah. you, see, where do you see Erica Reed at the end of 2020? I'm hopefully still champ at Warzone. I'm confident, but I think, I think I can do it. 
Um, so I like to stay champ, maybe get titles elsewhere. I'm not too sure. I like to just go with the flow and see what pops up and see what the universe throws at me. But I don't know. I'd like to do some more indie gender stuff. I would like to do some more hardcore stuff. I would like to even explore like deathmatch wrestling, maybe possibly. Um, but definitely I want to try some more hardcore stuff and more, um, indie gender stuff. That's definitely on the list. But yeah, who knows? I don't know what will happen. Anything could happen. I know you're going to have a crazy December. Because you're heading over to Perth, um, oh! the sixth and the seventh, and I'm so you have excited. two of the most amazing opponents lined up. I know. I know. I'm I'm very, 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 very excited to go to Perth. Um, I'm super grateful for the opportunities that I've been given. Like Saraya Knight has always been one of the women that I have like looked up to and like I saw her and I was like holy shit she's cool she is cool so it's pretty cool to like have a bucket list person and as for Hiroyo I can't pronounce the name I think it's Hiroyo Masamuto that's right Masamuto I'm I'm again I've never wrestled um someone from a Japanese background in wrestling so I think that's going to be a really cool learning curve as well. And I'm very excited to learn from her and to share the ring with her. I think that's going to be really, really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just excited for the whole weekend. Like, I get to fight twice. Like, yeah, I know. Against it's two of the, fun. I love fighting. Against two of the best to ever do it. I know. So I'm very, I'm very, very um, grateful. I'm very excited. A little nervous, but I'm very excited nonetheless. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the air people, what are they called? The people that fly the planes. The hopefully pilots. they'll let me. Yeah, those, those guys. Hopefully they'll let me bring Pixie on the plane this time because last time they didn't and I was pissed. I was so annoyed. They wouldn't let me bring my rat on the plane. Like, what do you mean? Why can't I bring my rat on the plane? And they just wouldn't let me. Oh, God. Those bastards. I know, right? You missed out. And I lost, and I'm sure it was because of that. Now, now speaking of Pixie, uh, anyone <laughs> backstage or in the ring terrified of uh, the rats? <laughs> I hate the people. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, I've seen old Andy, Andy Coyne get a bit skittish at times. <laughs> no, he's, like, he's all right. Um, he's just people are scared of her, and I'm like, what? Like, oh, like it's like, at times it's gotten me in trouble because people have been scared of her and I've had her. And I'm like, well, no, she's part of the act. She's staying. Like, I don't care. It's like, well, they get o- super concerned. Will Osprey had an interesting meeting with her, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Will Osprey was scared of her. And after his couple of visits, he worked up the courage and he wanted to pat her. And I was like, that's awesome, dude. Fuck yeah. So I gave her... Pixie and then Pixie did a wee on him. And I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. This is so embarrassing. Why? Why did you do that? Oh, God. But, yeah, no, that was that was funny. That was fantastic. Hopefully Will doesn't hate me for it, but... And did you and Pixie, <laughs> recent, did you and Pixie recently uh, shoot a movie? 
We sure did. Yes, actually, all my babies were in it, um, but Pixie was with me like she always is. Um, all my babies were in it, Kush, Mooder and Pixie, and Echo recently who passed away, but she was also in the movie. Um, yeah, we, we shot a, we're shooting a horror movie um, called Hotel Underground by Steve Ravick, and hopefully the trailer comes out next year, I think. So, yeah, that was pretty cool to, to do that. All right. Um, thank you so much for your time. I know that we had a limited time and I think that we've got in just under what we were supposed to. So um, thank you so much. You are one of our favorites. We do love watching you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you. Thank you. If people want to see you, no problem. And if people want to see you this weekend, they can catch you out at um, Warzone Wrestling. Warzone Wrestling on Saturday night. Please come because I'm going to win. And are you on are you on the social medias, Erica? Facebook, Twitter? Yes. Yes, I have a Twitter which is Dreamtime Read. And I've got Instagram, which is just Erica Reed, and I have a Facebook page, which is Erica Reed. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Hopefully it recorded this time. It definitely <laughs> did. Thanks, Erica. Because <laughs> then we have to do it a fourth time. <laughs> well, if we do it a fourth time, I want it to be a follow up interview, not the same interview again. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You. Thanks, Erica. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Welcome back to On the Turnbuckle. I love Erica Reed. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And yes, it has recorded. We've double and triple checked. It has recorded this time. Welshie, you're off the hook, and this will probably be the last time I ever bring it up. Probably won't be. No, but definitely not. I'll bring it up next week. Um, Erica did specify that she wants to mention that she will be at BCW on Friday, uh, where Sid is wrestling against Mick Moretti. Yes. Uh, they have their first matches against each other. They've made, they've wrestled before, I believe. Yes, up in um, Sydney. But I think it might be their first time in Melbourne. Yes, it definitely that'll, is. That'll be a great match. Be yeah, a uh, both fantastic workers. So, um, And Erica will be running around ringside where, for me, she's probably the best um, outside the ring yeah. manager type person in the country. I think she's terrific. And I think that everything she brings to it reflects so well in her enthusiasm and... and you know, all, all of the pixie and, and the, the voodoo stuff and the indigenous stuff just, just work so well together. Yeah, it's a great unit, her and Sid, together. Great package deal. Now, we did record earlier um, a bit of a spot with Tony, who's been at, um, where was he at today? Raw in yeah. Chicago. So I guess we'll play that now. Well, Tony was at raw today and he told me to call him i don't know what time it is in chicago but let's give it a crack and oh, good uh, luck good luck i think you'd be asleep for sure yeah without or eating a third dinner <laughs> hello tony hello so yes hello tony you told me to ring you that's well who's this 
You're on the, po- you're on the podcast, mate. Look, this is unprofessional. <laughs> oh, jeez. Tony, uh, what is it over here? It's uh, 2.30 in the morning. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Um, I hope you haven't woken Mitchell oh, up. How are you? Yeah. Hey, no, I think he's asleep. I don't know. Uh, how are you, guys? Good. We've been enjoying your... Um, your Running commentary? Yeah, of the shows that you've been to this weekend. Um and anyone who needs who wants to hear Tony's um, reactions to the WWE shows this week, as well as interviews with a few WWE superstars, which is awesome, they can check that out on mypodcasthouse.com or wherever you get our podcast. But Tony, I want to talk to you a little bit firstly about that media event you went to. Oh, yeah. So we uh, went to UNICEF USA, had a, uh, a media event on the Friday of last week, which uh, was at a primary school in Chicago, and uh, an opportunity for uh, the superstars of the WWE who I spoke to to come along. And they had a chat to uh, the kids there. There was one class particularly that uh, was sort of representing the school. And they, UNICEF USA have a, uh, a thing with kids, which is uh, basically tries to get them active and, and being involved. And for doing that, they get coins, these power coins, I think they're called, and then uh, with those coins, they can then spend those coins on different things, such as buying a meal for a family, or planting a tree, or different things like that, or medicine. I think there's doctor's visits as well. So the superstars of the WWE were talking to the kids about that. They worked out with those, because these kids were given 100,000 points or coins because the, the superstars were there. And it was just a really fun event and, and a, a really good event. And something that the WWE do really well is get involved in, in charities such as UNICEF and the like. And, uh, yeah, they, they just uh, they take it right to the, uh, the, you know, right to the last uh, degree, aren't they? Yeah, it's just awesome that you could go along to that um, as a guest of WWE and, um, and, and see some of that work firsthand. Yeah, the, the kids, I mean, the kids absolutely love it. There's no doubt about it. They all knew who all the five wrestlers were, uh, especially Mustafa Ali, of course, is a local Chicago guy. So uh, they, everyone was pretty much aware of uh, of his backstory. And it was the, the kids were young. They were only, I think it was about grade two or grade three, of fairly young kids. But, yeah, they really need to be congratulated the WWE on how they do that stuff outside the ring and, and, and what they do do in that situation because uh, I tell you what, they, the kids will remember that day for a long, long time. And uh, look, I don't want to touch too much on the other shows that you've already recapped. We'll talk about your trip a lot when you get back. Um, I'm sure you'll try and wedge it into every single conversation that we have. Lyle didn't even know you were in Chicago. Yeah, kept that very, very quiet. Huh? Um, but yeah. I just want to touch base on the atmosphere of... Um, of being at a takeover show in person um, because, you know, most of our listeners won't have done that before. It's quite amazing. And uh, and you're right, we will talk about it a lot more when I get back. But out of the four nights, uh, of course, we had SmackDown on the Friday night, the takeover, War Games on the Saturday, Survivor Series on the Sunday, and then Raw on the Monday. There is no doubt that the WWE fans are absolutely in love with NXT at the moment. They are just over the moon. Every every chance they get to call out the NXT brand and, and chant that through the crowd, 
it happens and all that sort of stuff. So coming into the Sunday and into the Saturday and the other uh, takeover war games, the atmosphere of that place was just absolutely amazing. And rightly so, it was probably the better night of the, the four nights. And I think it was just everything made that the, the crowd atmosphere and uh, the wrestlers are just so good at the moment. I, I, had, I had a really good laugh, but it's nearly to an extent true. Kayfabe News, which probably most of our listeners know, is uh, a, a service that sort of does you know, that fake news type thing for, for wrestling. And they came out with a, uh, a story a couple of days ago which suggested that the de- de- developmental wrestlers of the WWE are actually better than the ones that have developed. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> in a way, it, and in a way, it's true. At the moment, there is so much happening around the NXT in the fan world that everything that they do, they've they just got golden fingers. Uh, their women's division is next level. Yeah. I think their uh, fan connection is on another level compared to the main roster. Um, I think it really hit home to us. I know we've, we've joked about it and stuff, about you going away. Um, the jealousy kicked in for myself, um, for the, the takeover, uh, women's war games match. They were halfway through the, the introductions. And I I think I messaged you and Welshie and I said, Hey, now I am jealous. And they're only halfway through the inductions. Everyone got a superstar reaction. Um, I, yeah, just, yeah, I know we, we spoke off air about doing a, uh, you know, on the turnbuckle tour of America and we make sure there's a takeover there. Just the, the rabid yeah. crowd, you know, adds adds another level and another dimension to a show. So, yeah, well done for being there. Um, well, well, I think I said on uh, on one of the, the bonus podcasts we did after the, the, the War Games them. Lyle didn't listen show. to them. Oh. <laughs> Why should he? I never listened to him. <laughs> so, uh, fair enough that he gets me back. Uh I think I've said that I've witnessed the greatest ever women's wrestling match in the history of I think you said it females on, being involved in wrestling. I think you said it on two of the bonus episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'll say it again now. And I, and I really do believe that women's takeover match was just absolutely amazing. And, and the atmosphere just drew you in. And the, it was just... It's hard to... It's hard to to, to actually, probably because I'm still half asleep and I can't actually bloody talk, <laughs> but it's hard to actually say in words exactly what it was like because it was just that amazing. Okay, so you're at Raw today. Um, I don't want to get bogged down in the stuff we'll yeah. cover later in the show. So uh, Raw today, which we won't cover later in the show, it seemed like it was, a, I haven't watched it yet, but it seemed like it was a good show. It was, it was probably... We we talk about you know raw being good and, and sort of being hot and cold and the like. This was definitely a hot raw. There's no doubt about it. And, and it was one thing I thought was going to be a strange one because we did have three great nights of wrestling, being Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I always thought to myself, how the hell are they going to top that on the Monday with raw? Is it just going to be let down? But it was far from it. It really was an excellent show. And it started off with uh, all the wrestlers basically being around the ring, uh, getting a pep talk from Seth Rollins. And, uh, well, was more of a, he's definitely not the Anthony Robbins of, uh, of wrestling motivators, <laughs> Seth Rollins. He uh, basically told them all that they all sucked and they were all shocking and they let Raw down and how he's always you know, followed Raw for so many years and he's a part of his 
you know, his culture and his blood and all this sort of stuff within him. And, uh, yeah, no, he, he really got stuck into him. And I think that got a massive pop. And it was probably the start of... Uh, we spoke about this after, well, she, you and I, as to whether it was a, a heel turn. It was a heel turn. From Seth Rollins. Definitely a heel turn. You, are you 100% sure of that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he acted like a dick or like was he it, does or was, it, or was it just him getting... No, it was a heel turn. He... Yeah. Okay. He he called out the roster. Um, they all turned their back on him. Then he got stunned by Owens, who they're pushing as their big baby face. And then at the end of the night, um, he watched while Owens got double teamed. A baby face doesn't do that. So um, yeah. what they're doing is they're running with the crowd sentiment, which everyone accuses them of not doing. They say they ignore their fans. They haven't ignored them this time. They're, you're going to boo him. We'll make him a heel. And he'll just be the uncool heel because that's the criticism is that Seth Rollins isn't cool. So um, I think yeah. it's really well done. He, uh, he he spoke about when he was when he was addressing the wrestlers about how Raw is so far behind the other two brands now. You know, there was a time where Raw was the number one brand. Now it's definitely number three by a mile. And what some people might think that that's part of the scripting and, and part of the, the wording of what he was sort of meant to use. He's nearly right, though, isn't he? Raw probably does trail a fair bit behind it, and tonight's show was a good show, there's no doubt about it. But when you look at the rosters, and when you look at where all the titles sit, and when you look at all, where all the plaudits sit, especially with NXT, Raw is definitely a long way behind the other two at the moment. On ratings, it isn't. Um, so. uh, it, it's it's still the marquee show, I think, for uh, viewer, viewer enjoyment and um, you know, straight wrestling shows... It could be the second or third. Is that because that's what we're used to, though? Is yeah. that because that's what we're used to? We're used to watching it? Well, still the flagship. Yeah, um, that, that's the word, flagship. Yeah. But I think um, Fox have put so much money in that they're probably trying to change that to SmackDown at the moment. Um, you saw a title change as well, which was pretty cool. You're a big Rey Mysterio fan. Sorry, I'm mindful of time. Yeah. So we've got to be off the phone soon. Yeah, for me, this was probably the highlight of nearly the whole weekend. I wasn't expecting it until uh, tonight, but to get the opportunity to see Rey Mysterio walk away with the title and they uh, beat AJ Styles for, uh, what was it, the United States? Yep. Belt? Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Uh, so that was just amazing to see Ray do that. And uh, he, he came back after the title and came back into the ring. He'd walked away. And I think they must have had a few minutes to fill. So he had to come back in and, and do a bit of a talk and say that talk and that promo on being a father and how we all, in the crowd, you know, all the fathers out there would understand, you know, how we do everything every day for all our kids. And he thanked Dominic for for uh, believing in him. And he said, you know, three months ago, he was ready to take the mask off and hang it up and never wrestle again. But it was Dominic who told him to stick around. And, uh, you know, he finally got a, a, another title to his name. So a little bit of a cheer to the audience talking about that. Actually, it sort of rang home true for all us dads. Uh, really, you uh, should have been thanking exactly Randy Orton. About. Really, you should have been thanking Randy Orton. <laughs> Now that was that was an amazing thing to see, and Mitchell and I called it, as I'm sure other people did who were watching it. As soon as we saw Randy Orton standing in the middle, and we saw uh, the opportunity for the six one nine, we just looked at each other and we were both gone at exactly the same time. Uh, a six a six one nine into an RKO, and we both and, and then it happened, and that was just great to watch. So yeah, that was a, that was a very very good match, and as I said, for me personally, the guy who's loved Rey Mysterio for a long long time, to actually get the opportunity to see him win a title, and and I'd have to suggest he probably hasn't got too much time left to him as the wrestler. 
that was a pretty good thing to see. Thanks, Tony. We're probably running out of time. I'll let you go back to sleep. We will see you back in Melbourne shortly. Yeah, we certainly will look forward to it and uh, enjoy your, uh, your show, the rest of the show tonight. Thank you. Thanks, mate. How long is your layover on the, on the return flight? No, no, we've got a pretty much straight flight from New York to LA. They're catching a boat. They're, so on a, they're on a boat. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Cheers. All right. Talk soon, guys. So that was Tony. Half asleep. Half asleep. Yeah. It, um, it was two in the morning. <laughs> you know no, how cut him some slack. That's not what we do here. You know how people often talk in their sleep and yeah. walk in their sleep. Tony actually eats pizzas in his sleep. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was Tony awake. <laughs> um, all I know is that his son has been lambasting him on those uh, bonus episodes about how much, how many waffles that man is putting down for breakfast. Yeah, he's not sticking with the standard breakfast. He's a uh... He's treating himself while he's on holidays, that's for sure. In his defense, in America, there is no standard breakfast. No, it's not. It is. It's horrible. The photos that he's been sending, they do not look appetizing. <laughs> and he's telling me how nice they are. So I question Tony's... Um, There's no color. Everything's just... Everything's gray. <laughs> it's horrible. The eggs were gray. The yeah. waffle was gray. The syrup was gray. <laughs> Tony's going to be gray when he gets back. The orange juice was gray. <laughs> <laughs> Tony probably, with that diet, Tony should probably be on the prune juice. (laughs) He'll be fine as long as it's great. (laughs) Now, obviously, the reason he's over there is um, the Survivor Series weekend. Uh, He's given his takes on it, so you you can find them online. We will give our takes on them right now, and we'll start with NXT TakeOver, which was uh, an amazing show. Yeah, top to bottom, really, really satisfying. Made a star out of Rhea Ripley. I mean, that that women's match... was fantastic the the i don't like the word heel turn but the dakota kai change in character and and the motivation for that was so solid and so well done i look forward to seeing where she goes in the next 12 months and everything to do with that women's match it was just note perfect just brilliant yeah oh definitely the the heel turn i I thought it was was perfectly done and then her not coming to the ring i think it might have taken a little bit away if she came to the ring and stayed out there Involved in the match somehow, just walking away, leaving us wanting more. For a lot of week. a lot of those heel turns are done where she'd go to the ring and she'd wrestle her opponents for half the match and then turn. Yeah, they don't make sense. No, to have her walk out of the cage, then turn, eliminate effectively her teammate, um, and then just walk off and then come back and smash her knee and stuff. That whole women's match, um, for me. It's possibly my match of the year, full stop, um, in wrestling this year. And I think it's because not only was it beautifully brutal, but they told this story from the start of the match and there were so many twists and turns. Almost the highlight of the whole match was Rhea Ripley's face selling Dakota's heel turn. Absolutely. And and punching Regal. When she punched Regal, I was like, my goodness, that's amazing. And then the finish of the match for um, the second clever finish in a row for Rhea, where she's handcuffed Shayna to herself and then put her through the the chair structure. That was like Rhea, this whole weekend was about Rhea Ripley. Oh, yeah. Um, And they made her out to not only be tougher than everyone else, but smarter than everyone else. It was it was terrific to see. And and for a match, for for a, a show with four matches, Really, yeah, it was it was outstanding. 
um, there wasn't a bad match on the card, which you often say about takeovers, but to have four matches and held up that well, I watched it again on Monday night, so I watched it again last night and completely enjoyed it once again. Well, the guys that had to follow the girls, um, (laughs) the worst spot you could possibly be in. Yeah. And within probably five or six minutes, the crowd were back hot again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I I mean, I think it's because Pete Dunne has that it factor. Like I'm, I, I really believe he can just get that crowd going. Killian Dane doesn't. Killian Dane's great with the right opponent. Yeah, yeah but he's not, like I don't, I don't know if he's getting me out of my seat. Yeah, I, I'm not fair. saying he's That's not a fair. bad wrestler. He's a very good wrestler. That's fair. I, I, I felt with that match, it took me a while to get into it, and yeah, it was all Pete Dunne. I was making uh, waffles, so four tone grey ones. Grey ones. Great. <laughs> I was trying to get them grey. Our food just won't go that colour. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, it's unfortunate to say it just felt like it was Pete Dunne's match, and the other two guys were just in the match some some of the time. I, I don't know the Priest hasn't won me over, and Killian Dane, you know, as a singles wrestler, hasn't really won me over either. I think I think Priest they they're, they're quite high on yes. On, Damien Priest clearly. Well, he looks he looks like a star. He looks like a star. His work in Ring of Honor was fantastic as Punishment Martinez. Yes. And I think it's that um it's 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 one of you know Triple H or whoever is 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 booking him is probably you know guiding him really carefully and I think he he can do it. I reckon he'll do it. I, reckon I don't about doubt five it. Years um, he'll be... They are clearly high on him because they put him in the team the next night. Uh, but I wasn't expecting that to be a great match, and it was a better match than I thought it was going to be. I thought mm. that would be the weak spot of the card, and I mean, it possibly was, but it was still an excellent yeah. match. <laughs> being, being the weak spot on on a takeover is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not saying you uh, shit the bed, that's for sure. And then obviously the third match of the night we had Finn Balor, yeah, and the original bro Riddle. Yeah, and uh, those Goldberg chants are the best. <laughs> it's so funny, and and uh, Riddle using the jackhammer and spear was just brilliant. Yeah, amazing. It was Great. just brilliant. Tro- trolling while you're in a an amazing takeover match at the perfect. Yeah, mm. Triple H was asked about it um, in his press conference, I believe, or it was in the media call afterwards, and he said, "I don't decide what moves he does in his matches." <laughs> <laughs> Speak to the agent of the match, but I guess. Here's the thing. Riddle gets it. He knows there's money in that match. Of course. I just, oh, yeah. I just wish Goldberg got it. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't. I. It, it's hard to know what Goldberg thinks. Really. I don't know if he understands wrestling. Well, he didn't even want to have that the blow-off feud to the Jericho shitting on him for so many weeks All back in WCW. He, he Greenberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. And and Jericho was, well, yeah, just kill me on pay-per-view but we need and we'll make money. It. But it has to be a... Pa- no, no, no. Too below... Too many rungs below for Goldberg. And then the, the guys' elimination chamber match I was really impressed with. And it was completely really different was. It was than the girls. Yeah, different feel, different spell. Uh, I mean, the, the Kevin Owens thing was kind of telegraphed by the interaction with Triple H the week before, but it was still a nice surprise because it, it really it could have been anyone. It yeah. could have been anyone. They'd shown Volta earlier in the evening. You know, there was there was a hint it could be someone from Imperium. It could I be- thought it might have been a... A debut, like a, I mean, there were rumours of John Morrison being yep. the person. Yep. Or it, it could have logically, because there were people were saying he was cleared to wrestle, it could have been Gargano running out and doing could have, it. It could have been the dream. Yeah. 
could have been Velveteen Dream. It really could have been anyone. Uh, and I think they, they did it really well. And the end of that match was brutal and wonderful. And then the nice thing they did was they showed a shot of Britt Baker and acknowledged, acknowledged <laughs> where she was from. That was an accident. Um, the guy who went to Britt Baker um, didn't know who she was. He just went to the most shocked person in the crowd <laughs> and happened to be... Britt Baker, because and her Mara. boyfriend almost just died. Yeah, and Mara so, alone. He knows that, who she is. Yeah, so he said it. Um, yeah. And Triple H said, look, I didn't want them to put her on screen because I don't want to get her heat. Um, mm. But once she's on screen, if we don't mention her, then it's the elephant in the room. So yeah. Mara was right to mention her. But um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate for her that she's on NXT, like on TV, but... Um, I'm sure that she won't get any heat for it because, I mean, the realism is that wrestlers from both of those companies are dating each other and they yeah. want to watch each other's success. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I think it was I think it was a fine match and a great ending to, to a, just a really solid show. And two and a half hours is the perfect length of it. And this is going to sound weird, but it's probably the weakest War Games match that they've, that, that's been. <laughs> and it was still... Amazing. Fucking incredible. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they, 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 the guys the guys in it held nothing back. The, oh, yeah. uh, the Undisputed Era are freaking great. They're just so good. So is Champa. He's oh. He is he, uh, psychologically just about the best wrestler in the world. Yeah, he's going to be able to do what he can do heel and babyface. Uh, could you imagine how much money he would have made if he was six foot four and it was 10 years ago? Oh yeah. yeah! If he was Punishment Martinez's build, yeah. he'd be world champ thirty times over and huge. Yeah, huge that, that, yeah. They busted their ass, and that that finish it was so scary. I probably had the same look <laughs> on my couch as Britt did in the in the front row. And I've watched that spot a few times, but geez, they looked after each other oh, in that spot. Oh, yeah. um, two absolute pros, and there's nothing surer than. Adam Cole dies in war in war games. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's taking the Pete Dunn role in war games. It goes yeah. on goes on to the next night at Survivor Series, which I mean the main roster pay per views never quite as strong as uh, for in ring work as the takeovers. But I enjoyed Survivor Series. I thought it was a good show. Yeah. I, I I think that the crowd were not on board for a lot of it, and that affected the the home perspective of the show. Uh, they're in Chicago, of course. The inevitable CM Punk chants are going to come up and things like that. But the thing is, now they can deal with them because um, on Raw today, especially when um, Seth Rollins was in the ring and they did the CM Punk chant, he just said, "Yeah, I've called him out." Yeah, and he's not here. That's the perfect way to deal with yeah. it. Yeah, and um, but look, Survivor Series is great. Uh, another star vehicle for. Rhea Ripley, I loved that NXT were winning by underhanded methods in most of their matches. Like, they were a real team. Even the babyfaces would sacrifice their morals to win for NXT. Mm. There was like a, a story there. There was a story in the Raw teams and SmackDown teams imploding. Yeah, I, I liked it. I, I I had one huge problem with the men's Survivor Series match, and that is the crowd was so obviously behind Volta in such a big way and they got rid of him in about 45 seconds and I get that someone had to be you know the the, the quick shock exit but clearly the guy's magic clearly yeah. the guy is loved worldwide even yeah. though his faction is he does not want to move to America yeah. um, so there is a ceiling on Walter unfortunately at the moment yeah um, but 
the res- the response he got and what he was doing in the ring um is magic and it made he kind of made um Drew McIntyre look important again which he oh, so needed he see. desperately needed so good to see it really is it's so good to see i mean i get that um as i said someone had to go but it really deflated that audience for about 15 minutes after that it know, was it a, a while. it was a really good star vehicle for someone who i wasn't sold on but i am now in Keith Lee oh he's great Again, I've seen a lot of his Ring of Honor work, and it's just brilliant. And his his work at King of Trios with PWG and his tag team with Matt Riddle is superb. And I know that his his work rate and what he can do in the ring that has always been impressive to me. It's just that I didn't feel a connection to him until this weekend. It was which, Roman giving him his tick of approval, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> I think it was just more. I think it was the main spot for me was when he sacrificed himself firstly to stop Strowman. And then to save Champa from going through the table, yeah. they were the two spots um, where I'm like, "This guy's—he gets it. He's good." And I think that I'm feeling that connection now, which it's important. It's an intangible thing. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And I think that he's going to be now that NXT is established as a brand, and that's the other thing that Survivor Series really achieved is this is an equal brand. This is a brand that's that's burgeoning and important and vital i think they're going to keep a lot of these guys in nxt for for the near future because they are their stars yeah i don't think even you know when they were they were going live on tv you know still the developmental and it, i don't think it is and it a weekend it's my favorite uh, show on yeah, tv it, it is but um you know it's still you know the developmental territory or brand but after this weekend it's not it's only I mean, you know, it's three. Yeah, it's always going to be. I, I feel you're still going to get your young wrestlers having yeah. their first matches, like your Aliyahs and things like that, who are still learning, and they may not ever get it. You don't yeah. know, but it's a two-hour show, so you can have one or two of those matches as long as you're giving me one or two barn burners and some good stories. And hey, they they just manage to do that every week, don't they? Yeah. They just <laughs> manage to give you those barn burners every week. You put Adam Cole in a ring with anybody. And you've, you're guaranteed great matches. Oh, same I, with Gargano, same with Champa, same yeah. with um, Riddle's getting to that yeah. level. You've got Finn Balor you've got there. Finn Balor you've still got Velveteen Dream to come back. And you can have, you can have, uh, they've now made it clear that anyone can show up at any time. That's the good thing about this invasion, if you like, that anyone can go, like if Kevin Steen shows up on Wednesday, no one's going to be disappointed. And then if Sami Zayn shows up in four months when he's healthy, no one's going to be disappointed. If Nakamura goes back, no one's going to be upset if the alumni, if you like, from NXT show up there and have matches. So I'd love to see someone like Apollo Crews go back and wrestle NXT again. I'd love it. Yeah, um, those guys, those are the guys, the guys who were floundering on the main roster who were, were they can be very valuable mid-card members of that NXT roster. I think Cesaro... Has almost it, it's almost at the point now where he's got to go back to yeah. continue his career because he's I'm, I'm sorry to say this because he's one of my favorite wrestlers he's DOA in in the main roster at the moment yeah I think he suffered from and he definitely suffered from Sheamus's injury more than what even Sheamus did I think yeah. <laughs> now those three title matches um I I enjoyed all of them I really like the women's one the uh, women I, didn't have a title match oh you're right. Uh, but um like daniel bryan was fantastic in that match with the fiend like that's the best fiend match absolutely i think we've had 
I think that the only problem I have with the Fiend matches uh, is the production of that red light. It makes it really Which apparently difficult to in the watch. stadium is quite good, um, oh, and it? it makes it feel eerie and and different. But on TV, I don't like it. No, I, I, I'm not a fan of it. Well, they did it with Kane for about six months, if I'm not mistaken. And Correct. Then, yeah. And then they pulled it because they realised that there's more than just people in the stadium. You can only do it for so long as well. Yeah. Um. So maybe we'll get it for a while with the Fiend, but once. Once he's lost a couple of matches, we'll probably stop getting it. Mm. Um, the match of the night was the NXT title match for me. Absolutely. No doubt. Cole and Pete Dunne, who we've already mentioned. Um, we we're obviously all big fans of them. Um, and I started to believe that Pete Dunne could win that match, which going into it, I thought there'll be no title changes. And obviously there weren't title changes, but I started to think that one could happen. I think it was always possible, and Pete Dunn put out a tweet uh, Sunday night our time saying, "If he's dead, do I win it by default?" Yeah. <laughs> which is which is just terrific. Um, yeah, I think I think the ring work in that, and that was the little things that they were doing that really told the story well. And again, the crowd weren't in the match to begin with, but they won him over. They kept going until they had him on side. And seeing the response from people in the crowd who clearly don't watch a lot of NXT, which probably half that crowd. Never seen NXT yeah. before. And you could see a couple of spots where it's like, this is an NXT match. You know what I mean? And people were like hands to their face, like in awe and in shock. And I think we'll cover it in a minute, but I think that's only going to help NXT moving forward. What did you think of the other title match, the Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio match? I thought it was good. I thought they they they, they put the match together really well. I enjoyed... Yeah, you know, I know we we messaged each other when Dominic came out and teased the towel. That was just a nice little. AEW. Can you stop telling people what are in my private messages? I'm, I'm only keeping it wrestling related because definitely I <laughs> I would not betray the trust of the other messages. That's for sure. Um, I I don't mind that little nod to the the throwing in the towel and then not doing it. Seeing the double six one nine that was. That was beautiful. That, I, I think Dominic's clearly got a future. Yeah. He's no he's, he's got size. He's got size. He's no David Flair. I hate to be rude to David Flair, but he's no David Flair. He's clearly got some moves. His frog splash was beautiful. Yep. Um I I think my problem with Lesnar is that it's and you know, this is the, true of so many people and so many great people, and Lesnar is great, but it's that same match. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 for me, it was everything that it needed to be. Lesnar dominated. You thought he was going to win easily. Then there was this amazing hope spot, and it got to the point where we all thought Ray was going to get that three count then for a second, and then he didn't. And then Lesnar should have won easy. I, th- I feel like it told a beautiful, it told the perfect story because I still see Velazquez coming back at some stage from that knee injury and then posing a threat to Lesnar. Um, I don't like the title on Lesnar and I would have liked to have seen Ray's title moment not be the US title and actually have been the WWE title the night before. I think that is probably an opportunity missed. Yeah, I agree with you, Welty. I think I think also the fact that it's almost... I, that's the match I wanted Kofi to have. So from my perspective, I'm like, that oh, should yeah, have been yeah. the match that Kofi had. Um, not necessarily with, with the lead pipe shenanigans, but that kind of match is what I wanted for Kofi. So I, I've kind of got this sour grapes towards it. Yeah. And I think a few people will have. Yeah. Ray's, Ray's, Ray's um, a freak. 
Oh, he's amazing. He's one of the best of all time. There's no, there's no doubting it. Especially as a luchador, he's like he he brought that to the. He's world the stage. greatest luchador ever. He brought that to the world stage, and it's fantastic. Um, now moving forward, like a lot of new eyes on the NXT pro, um, product. What does that do to the ratings tussle with AEW? I think, I think more people are going to tune in. Like, like you said about the Survivor Series crowd, they were a bit flat on the the Pete Dunne uh, Cole match at the start, and they won them over. So you got those people. They could have bought their tickets months ago before this NXT uh, storyline would have kicked in. So they might not have known a lot. A lot of the guys. After a weekend like this and being across all four shows, only means more ratings, doesn't it? I, if you were there in the building and you see um, Adam Cole and Pete Dunne like that, surely you're tuning in Wednesday night. I don't. I don't think it takes away from AEW's ratings. At all. I think yeah. AEW's ratings stay the way they are. What I do think it does, it gets Raw and SmackDown viewers who yeah. are the casuals onto NXT and boosts NXT's ratings. I, I partly agree with you, but I think what they need to do is they need to be really smart. So what I would, the way I would do it, and this is the armchair booking side of things, I would have Raw and SmackDown being pissed off about losing. Not showing it on Raw and SmackDown, but showing it on NXT. So they start to send people down to NXT. So those casual viewers aren't going to be going, oh yeah, but I really wanted to see Roman Reigns. Well, you can, because he's going to come and beat the piss out of Keith Lee. Because although he showed him respect at the time, he stewed over it for a few days and now he's angry. You know, that sort of thing. That will get those people to stay. And I think that's the most important thing from that perspective. Yeah, I mean, I agree and don't. So I think I'd do that at some stage. But at the moment, I'd just take the temperature of NXT and see where it's at for the next couple of weeks following and seeing if the great show keeps the viewers. Oh, yeah. I mean, having said that, my honest perspective for, as a fan is... NXT can stand on its own. It's it's great. It's it's the, as you said, it's the best wrestling show on TV. Someone who's not involved with any wrestling on TV anymore is Jim Cornette. <laughs> did he get himself in hot water again? Did he? Well, every time he opens his mouth, he gets himself in hot water, Lyle. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's un it's unfortunate with a man that's got a a wealth of knowledge. Uh, you know how many year career he has had i used to listen to his podcast it was it was good um his stories were good but this trying to agitate everyone and yes what he did on the naw show what he said was racist yeah it's a racist joke and it's it's horrible it, there's it, no place for it in 2019 yeah no. i mean there wasn't the fact that it was, there was a place for it in the 80s is something that we should be ashamed of. Absolutely. Yeah. Not something that he should be on. Well, I said it in the 80s and it didn't mean anything. Yeah. So, like, we, things that, if we were judged by the things we said 20 years ago, we'd be ashamed of ourselves. Everybody. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, we've got to be better than that. And there's no place for it. And unfortunately, regardless of what Jim Cornette's done in the industry, if he can't evolve, there's no place for him in the industry. No, that, that, that's my big concern is obviously you know what you're getting with Jim Cornette. And at NWA, they sign him up. They know they're going to get, you know, he's polarizing on Twitter and stuff like that. How did that make it to air? Well, how, that, that's my question. Like, they how had did, three how did, weeks like, to edit it. Yeah, out. like, okay, the person sitting beside him 
announcing at the same time, didn't pick up on it, no problem. But you can't say only one set of ears heard that only once. If you were editing a show and putting it together, you probably heard that a couple of times and and it's taken Twitter to call it out. I, I don't know. That sounds very... Yeah, it's uh, it's not ideal, but their their response from there was okay. Yeah, they pulled the episode down, um, it and they quick. sacked him. So, I mean, you you can question how it got to air, and we should question that. And I'm sure they are, they're questioning that. Yeah, mm. but their response, yeah, they, they was can, perfect. I, I acknowledge that in, in it's a shame that he is that way because he has such an amazing yeah. wrestling brain, and he's an excellent commentator when he's not resorting to that kind of tactic, but. You can't trust someone with a live mic. You can't trust trust him anyway. No, that, that's right. And yeah, someone else who got in some hot water or perceived hot water, uh, Corey Graves on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, um, with Moro Ranallo. What are you? What are your? What are your? You got you've got views on this, Jeff? I do, mate. I do. I think that they work in the same organisation. There is a time and place for everything. You shouldn't call someone out on Twitter that way and be. Uh, yeah, he he had a point, and the, the the point was a little bit accurate. I Moro is my favorite commentator in the world, but what Corey said is accurate. He is a selfish caller. He does, but there's a way to be a dick about it. It's not it's not Corey's place. No, 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 no. I mean, as 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 is mentioned, and as people know, Michael Cole is the lead commentator. Michael Cole should have pulled him up if there was a problem. Yeah, I know. I. If you're in the same office or wherever it is, surely you can just Corey. I don't think they have cubicles near each other or anything like that. No, no, but I'm I'm talking about Corey and Michael. He could easily just go down to Michael and go, listen, wait, did you listen to the NXT? You know, the other two people in the booth are getting nothing. You know, Nigel McGuinness, yeah, he's a Ring of Honor champion. And um, Beth Phoenix is, is, she's great. (laughs) You know, no, she, you know, they're both, they're both good. I'm not sold on Beth's commentary yet. Because, but maybe it's because we're not going to But you know Nigel's what? really good. McGinnis is excellent. Nigel, yeah. this weekend when he was at Survivor Series sitting next to Cole, you really got a lot of Nigel, and it was refreshing. And I want more of Nigel. Yeah. But but don't forget that Nigel and Cole also called the amazing first United Kingdom tournament, so they have a chemistry that yep. they've already built, which is really nice. Yeah, but he's been calling with Ronaldo. Longer, yeah. Um, so I, I just I got reminded me, um, and I enjoyed his commentary because he was very parochial and pro NXT, but he was also jumping up and down and getting excited. You could see him. And- oh, when, when the table got flattened, he was still standing and he was pumping his fist. It was, yeah, it, 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 that, that is part of the reason I like Ronaldo as well, is because the two, the three of them will stand up and enjoy, be fans, they love their it, job. It yeah. kind of makes it accessible if, if their fans were fans, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's agreed. the point. They've got to sell the product to us, and mm. easy way to sell it. That's why I love um, Andy Coyne's commentary at MCW because he genuinely loves that product. Yep. And you can tell. Yeah, it, he is great. Shout out to Andy, who's now working two floors above me. We found out during a fire drill where we were exiting. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I don't know if you're across this, Jeff, but Lyle. This show goes to air after AEW right. has aired in Australia. Yes. Lyle likes to give a review when we record it on Tuesday. I've already seen the show. So okay. I'm reviewing. Okay. Uh, so um, what The happened? live show that airs live. What happened? 
what happened on AEW this week? All right, so we we all know DDP is going to be there, you know, giving out the uh, the diamond ring. What are they, what what are they calling it? The diamond the battle royal diamond ring. Or something. Yeah, something like that. So what was it called in WCW when they did it? Battle Bowl. It was battle, it's the uh, yeah it's the battle bowl ring. So th- and this is going to get everyone talking when eventually you guys get to see it. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a little bit of a smoz in in the in the finish of the match. So Tony Khan makes his way down to the ring. Um, I don't want to say Russo style, but very Russo, uh, Vince Russo style inserts himself into the match and the finish. Oh, so someone's injured, are they? Someone's injured. It's it's very shady. You know, obviously I haven't seen Meltzer's report on the injuries because um, I've only just finished watching this. And he award, he wins the match effectively. Oh, so he puts himself into the match, Shane he, McMahon style. Shane McMahon style, and the camera just it doesn't cut. You know, they start to go to commercial, but I'm pretty sure he was saying he's now the best in the. And it went to commercial, right? And obviously, you know, on our fight TV, we can still see the screen. Um, so there you go. He's the diamond. Oh, so Tony bo- Khan wins it. Of course, yeah. He's uh, put himself over. Well, well done. Well. He didn't put himself over. Obviously, he doesn't produce the show. He's got executives there. Well, Those got, guys put him over. Has he, has he got enough of them? He's got a lot of EVPs. <laughs> and uh, out of interest, who wins? Because, of course, we've got the big match between Scorpio Sky. Yes. And Les Champion, Chris yeah, Jericho. Uh, th- that's, um, the towel gets thrown in, doesn't yeah. it? No, no, no. No, there's no towel. Come on. They're not, they're not that childish. That gets it. turned into a tag team match by <laughs> Teddy Long. <laughs> Player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> I was going to say... Long is booking AEW, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Jericho wins in a 30-second squash match with a roll-up. So oh. effectively killing Scorpio and undoing everything they did to build him up last week. Um, sorry for the spoiler. I know you haven't oh. watched it. But, uh, it saves I, I, me I, a lot. Of, this saves me a lot of time every yeah, week. I, I am surprised when sometimes I do get messages telling me that this stuff didn't happen. Well, I don't know what feed uh, these guys are getting, but I've got Fight TV Plus. I'm right. not sure. You know, I've had to get a, an illegal VPN to get it. Oh, um, don't say that. I don't know. Recording. Um, well, I procured it legally. Maybe it's not legal in some countries. Anyway, I'm moving on to protect you <laughs> from a stint behind bars. Friday night, November the 29th, we have BCW35, as Erica wanted to mention. <laughs> um, she will be there. She's uh, she'll be there with Sid, who's wrestling Mick Moretti, and Mad Dog will be having a barbed wire rope match with Sabu. Well, that yeah. that'll be really interesting. Yeah, they, they've been putting on some good hardcore some and good death, death matches. matches and... But um, barbed wire ropes is something you don't see a lot in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Probably yeah, keep yeah. the kids away from that one. Yes, um, yes. Good for the adults. <laughs> I'm going to head down to that. I'm sure you'll have your wrestling friend with you. Uh, on Saturday night, as mentioned by Erica, and we've got two tickets to give away to this show. It's Warzone Warpath at Mulgrave. Uh, who's on that card, Lyle? Yeah, I got, as Erica said, versus uh, Savannah Summers uh, in the title match. And you got Andy Phoenix and uh, Carlo Cannon in a street fight, which uh, should be interesting. The winner of the two tickets is Ryan Bolton. So I will be in contact with Ryan and he will be attending Warzone with a with his plus one. Congratulations, Ryan. Let's face it, it's not going to be a girl because girls aren't 
going on dates with wrestling fans. Yeah, would you take a girl? I'd try to. They say no. Yeah, okay. Maybe he's maybe he's got a, someone that loves him and they'll do that. But yep. yep. I certainly don't. <laughs> um, I've got someone who loves me, but she won't go to the wrestling. Doesn't love me that much. <laughs> uh, Newey Pro eighty four is on, and I believe that'll be on Ovo. Yes, yes, that'll be on Ovo. So that's something. Uh, PCW Destiny is on as well with the the Destiny ladder match, which I am a big fan of. It's where they get, I think it's six of their. Uh, the guys who wrestle on Slam on Friday night to wrestle in this Destiny ladder match for a contract on Ignition. So, um, and these kids basically balls to the wall. And I know that um, Royce Chambers is wrestling. So, um, another great show on in Melbourne. And Sid, Sid's got an open challenge on that. No, he doesn't. He doesn't, doesn't he? I'm pretty he sure he have. does. I'm pretty sure. Oh, he yeah, does. Sid does wrestle at PCW. So yes, he's... I'm pretty sure he has an open challenge. Who am I to poo poo it? Yes. New Horizons Pro Wrestling presents final chapter in Perth. Um, they've been doing pretty good stuff recently, and I know Eric is keen to go over there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in December. Yeah. Um, if you are promoting a show, get in contact with us. Uh, we'll let people know where to find you. Um, that's it. That's it. Another show. Well, if you've got an idea for a podcast, hit us up. Mypodcasthouse.com. I think they're on Facebook, or you can hit our Facebook up. We'll let you know what to do. Uh, thanks, Jeff. This has been amazing. Thanks, fellas. I had a great time. Happy yeah. to come back whenever you need me to fill in. That'll be a lot because... Uh, Tony's away a lot. Tony's away a lot. Um, but we might do some more stuff with you anyway coming forward. We haven't announced it yet, but there is some WrestleBrainia and on the turnbuckle stuff in the pipeline. As well as, of course, WrestleBrainia being at the Comedy Festival next year. Yes, which we will talk about in the lead up because that's going to be fantastic. Thank you. Uh, who we got next week, Lyle? We got uh, Marcus Pitt from EPW. So looking forward to that. Been wanting to chat to him for a long time. He looks a lot like um, Muffinov, who wrestled at Wrestle Rock. I've been told two different people. Two different, but not two, related. Not related. Doppelgangers. No, yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously, with a world full of. Six, seven billion people. Some people are going to look very, very similar. And I'm, I'll be told by Marcus, it's not him. Okay. Well, just before we go, I did see an announcement from Wrestle Rock before we went on air. Uh, the future wrestling women's champion will be defending the women's championship at Wrestle Rock against Xena. Really? So the women's, the women's champion, Nicholas Berry... Yes. The big the sexy, big sexy unit, unit. yeah. With all of his STDs mm. cleared up, he tells me. We'll be defending that women's title at Wrestle Rock. Oh. You're not going to that, are you, Lyle? Uh, no, I have a prior engagement that I have to go to, but... I don't have a social life. I'll be there. I'll be there too this time, actually. <laughs> Thanks a lot for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>